Guys, we are really going to have a good episode of Substitute Teachers Lounge today. We're going to have licensed professional counselor Patty on with us. And since we know we're going to eventually go be going back to school and it will probably never be the same as what we've been used to, she's going to talk about that, how we help the students cope, how we help ourselves cope. So this is going to be a good one. Stay tuned. Talk to us, kids. All right, guys, let me just remind you, email address, people you might want me to interview or just anything that you would like have discussed, please send me an email, gregcollinssubstitute at gmail.com. Facebook page, I'm going to mention a cartoon today that I posted on the Facebook page, so make sure you're aware of the Facebook page, Substitute Teachers Lounge, and of course, if you want to see the YouTube video version of this. We also have a YouTube channel of the same name, Substitute Teachers Lounge. And the last thing I'll mention, I mentioned it before, but it got rescheduled. So join me for a live exclusive discussion with host at Josh Mankiewicz about the podcast Motive for Murder that's with Good Pods. That's a new podcast social network that I've been using. You can either like search for Motive for Murder and submit your questions on there. They're going to answer questions live. You'll see a discussions tab when you go to Good Pods and look up Motive for Murder. They need those questions before noon Pacific time on June 10th. So add it to your calendar if you're interested in that. I know we watch, we listen to a lot of podcasts like that. Sometimes the podcasts also get made into a TV series. So we've watched them that way as well. All right, guys, now to Substitute Teachers Lounge. We want to recognize licensed professional counselor. You normally say LPC when you go through all that, but it's Patty. How you doing, Patty? I'm doing great, Greg. It's nice to see you. Good to see you. Patty is over in Qatar right now. I know a lot of people in our country mispronounce that Qatar. It's really pronounced Qatar. She's been there for several years, but she's a good old Kentucky girl. So <laughs> what are we? Seven. I'm, I'm talking to you around noon here. It's, what is it? Seven o'clock over there? That's correct. I'm seven, seven hours o'clock. ahead of you. So I still have to wait six hours for my dinner. Maybe, <laughs> maybe you can teleport it over the, uh, over the computer system some way. Well, why don't you tell us, tell us about your education and your career and how in the world you ended up over in Cutter. Okay. Well, I started my career as a school psychologist in Kentucky and Ohio. And then after recognizing that I really enjoyed the one-on-one intervention, I moved to college counseling. And my first job was at my alma mater, Western Kentucky University. And then we moved to Texas and I continued working in counseling with college students there. Um, And then there was an opportunity that presented itself to me and Mike, my husband, your brother, (laughs) um, to, you know, go overseas and make a difference in the lives of students in 
in kind of the Middle East and Asian countries, we have like probably over 130 different um, nations that we wow. serve the students that come. So yeah, so I've been a, I've been I think this is my 30th year, but you know I started when I was 12. <laughs> Good one. Good one. <laughs> yeah, so it, it is quite a passion of mine to, to I can tell. I can tell. To be involved in the journey that college students are making, but I really in, did enjoy my time as a school psychologist working with parents and children and and so when I listened to one of your podcasts, I thought, man, we could talk about kids and, and their, their response to COVID-19 and, and how we can do a better job to enhance their well-being. Good. I'm glad you brought that up. That's where I wanted to go as well. As you probably know, Kentucky is starting to open back up a bit. But, you know, we're still contemplating what we'll do in the school systems. You know, we're really just yeah. two months away when we would normally open back up. Right. So what is that, what is that going to mean in the classroom? What is it going to mean on the school bus? I saw a cartoon the other day that I thought was funny. It was a bunch of kids sitting in their classroom after they came back. One of them was yelling at the teacher, Johnny stole my mask. The other one had his mask pulled up or over his eyes. And another one said, Bobby told me my mask was too cheap. So, you know, who knows where we'll go from here. But let's start, let's start out with this question. Let's talk about what we're going to have to deal with. And let's start out with this one. How can we as substitutes and teachers and parents, whoever else you want to throw in there, how can we help students cope with the changes that's going to result from COVID-19? Yeah, well, you know, as substitute, as teachers, as parents, you know, we've all been working really, really hard to help kids adjust. And, and so now it's looking at how do we help them adjust when they go back to school, because it's not going to be like it was before. Right. And so I think you know, being honest with kids and giving them developmentally appropriate information about what to expect, you know, helping them understand, especially when they're younger, that, you know, the illness spreads through being close to one another or touching things. And so that's why, you know, that's why your teacher's using hula hoops to keep you distanced from your classmates. Yes. You know, so I, so I think that helping kids normalize their emotional reaction. You know, when they're feeling afraid, don't pretend like, oh, you don't need to be afraid. There's nothing to be afraid of because they are afraid and right. they need acknowledgement because acknowledgement will soothe those uncomfortable or scary kinds of feelings. So I think, you know, acknowledging what's present, it's, giving them accurate information that's developmentally appropriate. It's keeping a routine. It's, you know, reminding them about what they do have control over because they can, you know, we can talk about all the mitigation things that we do, like washing our hands yeah. like a thousand times a day and, you know, singing twinkle, twinkle little star when we're <laughs> washing our hands. Yes. Or, yes. You know, wearing the mask, not touching our faces, you know, when, and when Maddie was little, I used to always say, you know, cause when you say don't touch that to a kid, what do they do? They touch that. Right. 
So, so hands on your pants, you know, just keep your hands on your pants. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's good. You know, so I, so I think that, I think one of the other thing that's really important is modeling, you know, good coping skills. If you're freaking out about things, then your kids are going to be freaking out about things. So that's it's presenting, yeah, it's presenting, you know, reality. You know, like if you're feeling overwhelmed by the lack of routine, it's modeling for your kids how to verbalize that rather than because kids have a hard time with that if they're not taught and it comes yeah. out behaviorally. Right. Good, good. Now, I wasn't going to intro I was wasn't going to tell people that you were my <laughs> sister-in-law until they heard you talk a little bit because it's obvious she's not just on here because she's my sister-in-law. She knows her stuff. So that, that was a fantastic answer. You know, you made me, you know, you were talking about the hula hoop. I've seen a cartoon of where a guy had a, a bunch of uh, swimming noodles taped to the top of his head about six feet <laughs> apart. Some of the craziest things I've ever seen, but you know, we're going to have all kinds of kids when we do get back in the classroom. Some of them are going to be more difficult. Well, let me use myself as an example. When all this stuff first started, I remember my last sub day was on March 13th. You okay. probably remember my birthday is March 11th. I do. And me and my wife went to a movie and we went to Olive Garden and it was like the world fell apart while we were sitting in the theater. There was only three yeah. people in the three theater, including us. And wow. all of a sudden I'm getting these texts that the SEC tournament basketball tournaments canceled. The NBA games were canceled. Yeah. Some of the tournaments were canceling at halftime. I mean, it was crazy. So I was a little on the paranoid side when it first started. That was, you know, middle of March. Now yeah. I've come down a little bit. I'm ready to get back into the open. Kim, my wife has actually, uh, they were in, her and her brother were at a medical center. So they just decided to go ahead and and be tested and it came back negative. So Kim, Good. I don't know if you remember this, Kim had had stomach virus and had gotten sick several times around Christmas. So she thought maybe she had had the initial wave of that, but it wasn't. The, the test showed that she had never had it Good. and doesn't have it now. But I say all that to say this. We're going to have kids are going to be reacting to this in different ways. Mm -hmm. How do we be sympathetic to all of them from the one that says, oh, this was all a hoax that never happened to the one that ones that know somebody that it happened to. I mean, how do I guess ask it in a more organized fashion. What reaction should we be expecting to students and how can we deal with that? Yeah. Expecting you know, from and like you said, like you said, we're going to run the gamut and you know, most kids are going to come out of this. Okay. You know, that yeah. they have good supportive families that are modeling healthy ways of coping with this. Um, but it is possible that if a student has been in a home where there's trauma, if there's violence in the home, if there's a previous mental health condition, it makes those students a little more at risk. So if sure. you look at students that have disabilities, you know, they're going to be more at risk for 
mental health issues because of the chronic trauma that the COVID is presenting. So, you know, I think with little ones, you might see regressions in behavior, like, you know, maybe they started sucking their thumb again or bedwetting, um, clinginess. Um, for middle school or elementary school students, you're going to see maybe some of that clinginess, but also maybe withdrawal from, I mean, we're already withdrawn from our friends, but even right. when there's opportunities that are offered, it's withdrawing from family and, and, and interactions with others. Teens, we're going to see, I mean, we see a lot with teens <laughs> anyway. Yes. But with teens, you know, you might see um, eating issues coming up, sleep disturbances because of the lack of routine um, and withdrawal as well. So, you're, you know, we might see some expressions of anxiety, some expressions of depression, and they're normal. And I think that that's what we sure. have to do is not freak out that we're seeing these things, but help, help kids like learn how to verbalize their frustration or their fear rather than Good. acting, acting it out. Good. You made me think of something. I'm going to guess if you think I'm right, I'm going to guess that even some of the students that we thought when we taught them last year was just some of the most secure students mm -hmm. you'd ever meet in your life. Do you suspect even some of them may have some coping issues when they come back? Absolutely. And there's no way to predict. I mean, because what we're talking about is the chronic nature of yeah. COVID-19. It's not acute. It doesn't come in, present itself, and leave like a hurricane does. Good point. This is chronic, and there's so much uncertainty that's associated with that. And just to kind of talk about what that does to us, you know, when we're faced with, you know, some sort of crisis, like all this uncertainty, what if, what if, what if, then the brain gets activated. And you're familiar with kind of that fight, flight, or freeze phenomenon, right. you know, right. like your, your sympathetic nervous system gets activated, you get on alert. And so all kinds of neurotransmitters and hormones are released in your body. And like that impacts the brain in a way that is reversible, but it impacts the brain and, and, and you become this like super aroused and super on alert for things. So, so yeah, depending on kind of what pre-existing conditions are there, what kind of supportive environment is in the home or not, um, yeah, it could it could be really detrimental when we weren't even expecting it. Good answer. And it made me think of see, everything you're saying makes me think of a story from our past. You know, when I first met you and knew what you were studying in college, yeah. I didn't I hadn't studied as much about the brain that I have since then. Part of that was because, as you remember, uh, Kim had a, a slight stroke in 2015 yeah. and you know, at that time they show you the parts of the, the, the cells that were kind of burned out or damaged. And it, right. it's so wild to, to think about your brain, just those little bitty pieces of your brain caused her to just lose some of her peripheral vision, which she has since partially gained back. So those cells, yes. So the brain is just such a 
crazy instrument. And well, I'm glad you said it the way you said it. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, you know, there's so much research out there about the neuroplasticity of the brain and how Good. we can generate new pathways. And we can even do that with children. I mean, just having them sit for, for a few minutes or take a walk and focus on their breath or focus on the trees or the sky, you know, Good. like... Good trying to, to cultivate being present in this moment generates a new way of relating to the anxiety. Good, what are you smiling good. about? No, I, I'm smiling because I'm agreeing with everything you said, and you're saying it so well. Let's shift to hey, safety 30 a little. years, man. If I can't yeah. say it well by now. That'll do it. And I, before we get out of here, I'm going to ask you these days what a typical day looks like for you out, sure. outside of all this. After our discussion here, let me mention at least one more thing. You know, when we go back, we're, we should have been in an ultra safe, healthy environment anyway. But I think it's safe to say that we're going to be a little more paranoid about it now, about mm. the precautions that we make sure we take. So, how as teachers, when we're in that classroom and we see some kind of possible safety issue coming up, how do we keep from panicking and, oh no, little Johnny sneezed, what do I do? How are, what do you expect to happen in that regard? How, how, what advice would you give us on how to react when we see a safety issue, yeah. but not overreacting and overreacting and scaring the kids? Yeah. Well, as long as it's not a life-threatening situation, I think you have an opportunity to take a breath, you know, and I teach my clients this strategy. It's called STOP. So the S stands for t STOP. The T stands for take a breath. The O stands for observe. And observe means what am I experiencing right now? I'm afraid. I'm noticing a feeling of being afraid. You know, what if this kid has, okay, I can be afraid and I'm not going to fall apart because the idea is if you overactivate your emotional system, you don't have access to your prefrontal cortex. And so you can't problem solve. So the idea is if you can name it, you can tame it, you know, like if you can say, okay, I'm feeling afraid, take a breath. What's the best thing? What's the most helpful thing I could do right now? And then you proceed with that. Good. Good. Does that make sense? It makes total sense. And, you know, the reason I'm smiling so much now is I realized that had you just been around and I got to talk to you more, I wouldn't have had to buy any books. I mean, everything you're saying specifically about the brain, I feel like I've read since then. Aww. You know, we've even studied left brain, right brain in mm -hmm. our classrooms and how people are just different in that regard. So yeah. it's really, it's really a very interesting, interesting uh, study. If anybody wants to study, just uh, there's plenty of books out there about the brain. There are. <laughs> just, you, you might have to specialize a little bit and decide which topic you want to study most. Let's yeah. see. Most of these other questions I've written down, you've already answered. Let me mention this one. You know that I'm an extrovert and the kids, they like me for that reason because I'm the one that will walk around to the table and always interact with them. 
Right. I'm the one that if something they're studying reminds me of a story from my past, I'm going to tell that story. I've done so many goofy things in my life. I've got plenty <laughs> of stories. And so but, do I. <laughs> yes, yes. For thank you. Goodness. Yes, thank goodness for that. I, we're not here to talk about me, Patty. We'll have to <laughs> move, move on from that. All right. So last question. Let's do this. Even if we feel like somebody else we're working with is too paranoid about what they're doing in their classroom, man, how do we deal with that? How do we deal with possibly a teacher or in my case, another substitute comes over to me and says, you realize you should be doing this and this and this. And in my heart, I feel like it's going to cause the students to overreact if they see me yeah. doing that. Any advice in that regard? How do I deal with my co-teachers yeah. who don't think I'm not reacting properly, but not reacting as intensely as they do? Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it comes down to relationships, Greg. Yeah. You know, it's, you know, everything that we communicate to other people, there's an emotional component to it underneath. Yeah. So rather, yeah. rather than trying to defend myself because I'm not doing enough, I might just probably say, you know, it seems like you're, it, am I right in, in interpreting that you're feeling really scared or you're feeling anxious about this? Wow. I'm noticing this. Is that right? And then having a conversation about that. Good. You know, yeah. because they're, they're everything that we say to ourselves, everything we say to other people, there's an emotional component. And if we can just connect with each other in that way, then we have the conversation we really need to have. Because it's not about you not acting intentionally enough. It's about right. that person feeling scared. Right, right. Good, good. You know, I'll have to say, I've listened to you a lot more today than I ever did in the past, because in the past, you were always analyzing me. So I, <laughs> so I just I'm, ignored I'm it. I'm not finished. I'm not finished. <laughs> yeah, that's a lifetime endeavor for sure. <laughs> All right. Well, tell us, tell us before we get out of here, what does a typical day look like for you these days? And I know, of course, you can't be specific, but just what's a typical day for you? Yeah. So are you talking about like currently quarantine? Currently. Yeah. Well, yeah. I guess when I first asked that, I was actually thinking about when things were normal, but I'm not sure we'll get back to the old normal. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What's up? You're working yeah, from your so home, mate. Answer it both ways. Back okay. when you were able to be on campus versus how you're doing it now. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'd say on campus, I did a lot more walking. You know, you'd go, you'd walk to the bathroom, you'd walk to the other meeting, or you'd go to another building on campus, you know, and, and I think that that's what is so draining. You know, one, I'm looking at a screen all day, but typically I'll see like anywhere between three and five students and the issues that college students are normally dealing with over here are the same issues that the students in the United States are dealing with. Sure. Depression anxiety, um, relationship issues. So those are top three issues in college counseling centers. I'm glad so, you said that. I was going to ask you that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a good interviewee, huh? 
<laughs> yeah. <laughs> we couldn't have scripted it any better. I mean, you you're talking about everything that that I wanted to talk about. So it's yeah. been in fact, I can always tell when the interview's gone well cuz we're almost out of time. Yeah. What closing thoughts would you have as we know that in two months, by the way, we're going on vacation uh, this next week to Missouri and Arkansas with our friends okay. from St. Louis. So it'll be interesting. This will really be the first time we've been out, I guess, in public Yeah. from a, you know, concentrating on the social distancing thing and all of yeah. that. So what closing thoughts would you have before we get out of here? Well, I think, you know, I think just kind of focusing back on children again and kids yeah. is that they look to us for guidance on how to deal with stressful events. And, and they're always watching and they absorb a lot. So yes. model for them how to be kind to yourself during all of this uncertainty. Good, good. You know, it's funny. One thing that I'm actually consider one of the things we're going to do next week is go to Branson, Missouri, which yeah. is a Gatlinburg, Tennessee type place, lots of shows. And I'm thinking, man, I sure would like to walk down the sidewalk. And when I see students, Aww. just interview them. How do you think things are going to change when you go back to school? Tell them they're going to be on a podcast and how do you think they things would change? Yeah. But I don't know if I don't know if I can hold my arm out, you know, six feet away and get the information. <laughs> You'll have I need. to get one of those little those little extended things. Yes. You know? Yeah. We actually have one of those. So all right. <laughs> I'm not surprised. All right, Patty. It's it's time for you to go eat your supper. So I'll let you go. Yeah. But I certainly appreciate you being here with us today. Oh, it was it was my pleasure and it was really nice to talk with you and I just really enjoyed listening to your podcast. Yes, here as well. We enjoyed talking to you too. Mm -hmm. uh, tell all your friends about the podcast, especially oh, now that you're going to be on it. Yeah, for sure I will. <laughs> <laughs> all right, okay. Patty, we'll, we'll see you later. Okay. Music provided by Ben Sound.